Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. Hello, I'm Tian Wei, and welcome to World Insight. California Governor Gavin Newsom is visiting China this week. The trip focuses on climate action and partnership between the world's two largest economies. China is one of California's largest trading partners, and California is home to almost a third of Chinese Americans. It also attracts more Chinese investment tourists and also students than any other U.S. state. Could a successful trip by the California governor to China cascade into better ties between the two countries, particularly at sub-national level? For more on the discussion about this, let's invite Robert Hormat, lecturer of Yale School of Management. He's also former Undersecretary of State for Economic Business and Agricultural Affairs from the U.S. In Los Angeles, Alex Wong, faculty co-director at the Emmett Institute of Climate Change and Environment at the UCLA School of Law. In Shanghai, Joseph Gregory Mahoney, professor of politics with East China Normal University. In Beijing, Liu Baocheng, dean of the Center for International Business Ethics from the University of International Business and Economics. Gentlemen, what a pleasure. It's such a grand panel. The visit by the California governor to China this week certainly is going to be of quite some significance. From where you are, Professor Wang, based in UCLA, what do you see are the most likely outcome of this trip? Yeah, so the, the trip that Governor Newsom is taking has, uh, is focused on climate change primarily. And so the tenor of these trips in, in past years has often been focused on what China can learn uh, from California. I think that still remains the case, but we are at a stage in which there are experiences from China that are worth taking a look at. I think uh, the trip to Shenzhen to look at how they move to 100% electric buses will be interesting to see how they finance those buses and uh, re- operate the system to keep them all charged. And offshore wind is an area where China has uh, occupies about 50% of the capacity globally. And so that's really an area to see how has China done so much so quickly. How is it likely, Mr. Hormat, with your experience with the U.S. government, this kind of local interaction is going to have an impact on the general atmosphere and also the uh, topics of discussion between national governments? Well, that's, that's a really good question, because one of the things when I was in government, there was a lot of uh, what we called uh, subnational conversation, the states and the provinces, the American states and the Chinese provinces, many of them had very close relationships with one another and exchanged governors and provincial governors and ideas. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it helps the people of various states to understand better what's going on in China if the governors or in some cases mayors have a chance to visit China and vice versa. The hope mm. is that Chinese officials will come here and see what's going on here because the relationship has been deteriorating and we're not going to resolve it. No governor is going to resolve it all at once and on one trip. But I think you take issues that people are concerned about and environment is certainly one of them. I think cooperation on health issues is another. And there are several issues that are human issues that are not, you know, major geopolitical issues. And if you can start making some progress and build some confidence on some of these smaller issues, but very important ones, you can perhaps 
improve the environment for dealing with some of these larger geostrategic issues, which, mm. for instance, between our countries uh, and 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 will be in, unless we're able to work out a better set of solutions or at least mm. some. Okay, uh, Professor Mahoney, um, we noticed that that the Californian governor uh, has been quite. Uh, with quite rich uh, domestic experiences. Of course, his two overseas trips uh, as governor are going to Israel earlier and to China visiting at the provincial level. So how do you see the choices? Uh, This governor, certainly quite a prominent figure in the Democratic Party, is choosing. And what does that mean uh, if you're looking at it from the political perspective? Well, you know, California limits governors to two terms, and he's currently in his second term. Um, He might uh, consider running for the U.S. Senate uh, because he's demonstrated uh, the ability to win a statewide race in California, which is a very difficult thing to accomplish. Or, you know, he might be angling uh, down the road for a prominent uh, cabinet position uh, should Biden win again. And if Biden doesn't, uh, then uh, Newsom might be positioning for a presidential or vice presidential uh, run uh, four years later. Uh, But in fact, uh, historically, only Republican politicians like Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan have managed uh, to win the presidency. uh, And there are a number of political, economic and uh, cultural Mm -hmm. reasons that disfavor uh, California Democrats in national elections. Nevertheless, his uh, trip to to Israel, but also uh, coming to China, this gives Newsom the opportunity to uh, burnish Mm -hmm. his foreign policy uh, credentials, uh, something that most governors struggle to acquire. Uh, as they consider uh, future political prospects. But, you know, whatever his future plans, he's right to focus on climate change uh, cooperation. No other state in the U.S. has as much in common with China geographically. No other state faces climate change risks right. on nearly the same order order of magnitude or on the same ocean. Professor Wang, you are based in California, looking at the population makeup of this state. Of course, the economy could be the fifth largest in the world if it is a country itself. Uh, having said that, though, the largest proportion of Chinese-American immigrants are in California. Meanwhile, China is California's largest trading partner if you're looking at countrywide uh, uh, partnership. So how do you see, as a good governor of California, what the governor should do? Is this trip part of that job application or job uh, Shall I say description? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the uh, what you highlight about the racial diversity here in California is an important part of the fabric of California. Part of the explicit purpose of the trip, uh, climate change is the focus, but they mention economic development and Mm. uh, tamping down on xenophobia and anti-Asian hate, which have been uh, problems in uh, California in recent years. And so I think those are all ways that they're reaching out to Mm. the constituencies here in California and saying, uh, these are things that we know you care about, and we're reaching out to China to talk about those things as well. Professor Liu, talking about trade and economic ties, China, California, very important. Uh, one couldn't uh, underline the importance of it more. Um, I mean, just there are just so many business communities interactions between the two sides. Tell me more about your thoughts on what this could mean in terms of warming up a trade and investment possibilities, which have been suffering as a result of geopolitics. China and California had a number of uh, the close interactions. And uh, uh, for the for the one example is that uh, there are many cities who uh, set up uh, twin city, uh, twin city 
uh, agreements uh, with a number of cities like uh, LA and uh, San Francisco, etc. So that's the basis for friendship. Uh, California, given is uh, uh, one is the lo uh, largest the economy among the United States uh, in terms of on the state level, and uh, also the also the uh, other hub for innovation. So these are really the uh, when the opportunities China is really actively seeking, and plus that uh, when uh, China is also getting mm -hmm. its on its robust economy and uh, with. Uh, the uh, big needs for particularly for climate related uh, technologies and equipments. So that's really the basis collaboration. Besides, the you know China and the uh, United States had uh, the ten year uh, framework on uh, collaboration uh, on energy and the uh, environment, and unfortunately it elapsed uh, since the end of uh, uh, two thousand eighteen. And now on a re regional level or sub-national level, to really to get, get it renewed after Kerry's visit to China. And this is something that needs really to give uh, uh, the, the light of uh, optimism. Uh, Mr. Mahoney, now we have been hearing from American business community, especially global companies, uh, uh, their complaints to the U.S. government about uh, recently not doing enough in terms of interaction with China. Their argument is to compete with China, one needs to uh, be to know China well and also to interact with China, including in the business sector. Now, what is your take uh, of uh, the California governor's uh, visit to China and the economic trade ties California traditionally has been having with China as a result of this trip? Well, again, I think there, there are two intersecting issues here, and we shouldn't uh, underestimate their intersection. Uh, so again, like China, uh, California understands firsthand uh, the existential threat that climate change and associated extreme weather poses. And this poses not just threats to their to their people, but also to their to their industries, uh, their, their key mm -hmm. industries. And uh, certainly uh, China has taken the leading position in green tech and innovation. And, uh, and I, I, I would disagree with Alex a little bit. I would say that China has has surged much more ahead of other countries in terms of dealing and confronting with climate change in very effective ways. And I think California has a lot more to learn uh, from from China than it realizes. Nevertheless, you know, as a recent uh, leading think tank declared, uh, climate change in California is an immediate and escalating threat. Uh, at the same time, uh, the California con economy is not dominated by the oil, coal, and uh, automobile industries or lobbies. And unlike Washington, uh, the state government is not overwhelmed by the military industrial academic uh, think tank complex. Uh, rather, California is driven by technology, agriculture, and entertainment. And each of these sectors uh, wants to continue to trade uh, with China and to, and to sustain those relations. Now, one can imagine that Newsom has had numerous conversations with key business leaders in his state, including the head of Apple and other major firms, who've also come to China to try to uh, improve ties on many occasions. Uh, Professor Wang, since your name is being mentioned, please. Yeah, I, look, I think that uh, China has done a lot on the deployment of clean energy and electric vehicles. I, I had an op-ed out last week talking about those are areas in which I think California can learn uh, from China. But it, there, there are plenty of things that China still needs to learn from others as well. I think that's why it's a great partnership, uh, because both sides are struggling with issues that uh, we don't know the answer to right now. So how do we rapidly decarbonize an economy, fundamentally change our energy system? Hmm. China's done a great job on deployment, but they also have problems on making sure those deployed and built wind and solar technologies get on the grid and get used. 
And that's something that they can learn from California. There are very great challenges with how do you balance all of the different interests, environmental, economic, biodiversity, pollution, lots of yeah. different interests that require robust participatory processes and transparency. Uh, that's something that California and China have shared a lot of ideas about and are grappling with how to implement climate action quickly while considering all of these other interests as well. Go to you, Mr. Hormat. You've been uh, playing a key role in linking the businesses from both sides. But of course, things have been evolving so quickly and differently these days. Uh, tell me more about your thoughts on China-California business economic investment ties at this point. Well, since I'm in New York, I leave it to people in California to be the real experts in this. But I would simply say that I do think uh, that Alex's point is an interesting one, and that is there is an, an opportunity here uh, because there's so much trade, because there's so much interaction between California companies and Chinese companies to help to, A, increase uh, opportunities for mutual progress in certain areas, environment being being one, but there, there, there are numerous others. But second, I think what our Commerce Secretary, when she was there, was able to do was to get a process started by which the companies in China, a number of companies in China, and a number of companies in the United States would have a, an ongoing dialogue. And I think that can help to resolve some of the misunderstandings that have emerged on uh, on numerous commercial issues and 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 some of the problems, I think there is a, an opportunity for companies to try to figure out ways of resolving differences and developing sets of principles and 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 norms that will help to provide a framework for more collaboration. Because uh, these are companies that not only are technologically important but are important to creating uh, growth and employment. And I think that mm. to the extent that these some of these smaller and newer companies can thrive, both in China and in the U.S. Well, we are talking about the visit of California governor to China. We are also seeing at the national level, things are taking place regarding trade and economic ties. The latest news uh, suggests that, that uh, the China-U.S. Uh, economic working group having its first virtual meeting headed by uh, coming from both sides are mainly vice ministerial level officials uh, talking to one another and the scale of this discussion and here I quote includes global macroeconomic situation and policies bilateral economic ties cooperation for global challenges and it has been as it put in the news uh, release frank, constructive uh, communication from both sides. And China has also expressed its concern to the other party. It seems that, Mr. Hormat, we are seeing a more ecosystem now starting to come back to life somewhat. How would you characterize the current situation? Yeah, it's a very fair point. I think uh, things, the communication is critically important. And um, the, the, to have a commerce secretary, she had not been to China before. And I had uh, a dinner with her before she left. I explained that I'd been to China starting in 1972 with Dr. Kissinger and gave her a little bit of the, the history. But she saw this as an opportunity and the Commerce Department now plays a much greater role 
than it did several years ago in U.S.-China economic relations. But I do think that there is, with this trip and other visits like Tim Cook and and, and various others, mm-hmm. Gates, a feeling that we can talk about these issues. We can't resolve them all, but we can talk about them in a constructive way. And mm-hmm. I think that there is a feeling on the part of, of, of a, a number of American companies that right. there is, they, they have a lot of vested interests in doing business with China. They've been doing business with China for 20 or 30 years, and they they want to continue, but they want to try to make sure that progress is made on some of the issues of concern to them. And they know that the way of doing it is to collaborate and talk. The Chinese yeah. companies have concerns with some American policies, and the way to deal with those concerns is to have these kinds of conversations with the Commerce Secretary and other senior officials and business people who take the message back to Washington or to the states and say, here's a concern that I learned about and try to figure out how to deal with it. Professor Liu, how would you characterize the current uh, situation? Are we seeing both sides uh, testing the water or feeling the temperature or already trying to figure out how to make the water flow as it should be? Where, which stage are we? I think now people come back uh, with less emotion, but more rationality, and they recognize the uh, interdep- uh, interdependence can hardly be decoupled, uh, despite of all the uh, political uh, voices. And uh, uh, previously, we had the strategic economic uh, dialogue, and also the uh, GCCT, the Joint Commerce Committee, who uh, were really actively working to streamline some of the distrust and also some of the bugs in collaboration. And later on, uh, President Xi in Mar-a-Lago uh, struck the four-area platform uh, for a dialogue, but uh, uh, that really very soon, uh, the ellipsis. But then, you know, where are the official avenues to collaborate? So Remando's with it to China really you know, achieved by having uh, the biannual dialogue on the minister level on commerce and also the uh, annual uh, meeting on the uh, minister level. So therefore, mm. uh, this is really something to revive or recalibrate the uh, official platform for dialogue. Right. If I might, might add just, I've, I've been part of a number of U.S.-China climate discussions in the last few months, and uh, both sides are quite frank that Look, we're having these conversations in the context, we, we recognize that there are real tensions and real conflicts, even in the environment and cl- climate area, but that there's so much that we can do on this, apart from those conflicts, that let's not pretend like those conflicts don't exist, but let's see what we can do that's positive in light of those uh, tensions. What are the conflicts that, that you are talking about? Trade on solar, you know, issues on solar, critical minerals, supply chain, security, these types of things. Uh, you know, com- competition amongst the industries in, in clean tech industries and electric vehicles. Mm. These are all very, uh, you know, things that may, the tensions may only get hotter, but there's also a lot that can be done. I, I like the focus of Newsom's trip, that he's focusing on areas in which they sort of stay away from these hottest issues and look mm. for the areas where we can work together. Despite of the synergy at the um, local level between China and the United States, when the national level atmosphere soured, for example, over the past uh, few years, the local level also suffers tremendously. So now the question really is, which is feeding which? You know, even though there are some uh, interactions between the two, but uh, what is exactly the root of uh, China-U.S. synergy? Is it coming from the local level or is it 
going to be ultimately decided at the national level by national governments. Looking at the U.S. election in the coming year, of course, it's going to be once again very dramatic. We only have a few months to go. I think that the at the state and local level, there's a higher level of practicality because they have to deal with a lot of these issues. Um, mm. And for, for the farmers of, of South Dakota and the farmers of Iowa, China is very important. For the technology companies of California, China is very important. For the financial community in New York, China is very important. So I think you're seeing a lot of pressure and a lot of attention being given by the various mayors and governors because the companies that operate within uh, their states or their cities do care about the relationship with China. They see there's an economic benefit. Obviously, they understand that Washington calls the shots on some of the major issues, but I think there's a big role that the states and the cities can play. Looking at coming November, uh, APEC is going to be a grand occasion in which uh, leaders from the APEC economies are likely to gather. It happens every year almost. So uh, many believe uh, Professor Mahoney is going to be another important occasion for China and the United States to interact. Now, at this point, we don't know yet at what level, but looking at all these uh, grand events uh, still on the calendar, including APEC and COP28. So how do you see the possibility of U.S. and China interaction, both at local and national level? What could that say and what should be done? Well, I think it's absolutely, we, we have to celebrate the fact that the, the governor of California is coming back to China. I think uh, he, he could be establishing a friendship and China loves having old friends. And I think that it's clear that uh, his, his traveling to other parts of China uh, signifies a commitment to extending this relationship. Um, I'm not that I'm not that interested in the possibility of a meeting between uh, Xi and Biden later this year. Of course, if it happens, that would be wonderful. But I think Biden is very committed to a Cold War paradigm, and that's the direction that we'll be taking, whatever is said or whoever meets or, or wherever they meet. But nevertheless, uh, um, I think if we if if uh, Gavin does have a good meeting here in uh, in China, that it may uh, create some positive uh, energy for Biden to to meet with uh, Cal- uh, with Xi in, in California. Uh, mm. But it, it would also be strange if he doesn't, but I, I wouldn't expect that meeting to yield much uh, uh, w- w- if it does take place. I'm curious to see in particular uh, what we learn about what this means for other countries other than the US and China. There's an interesting mm. competition right now among the two global superpowers for the, the favor of other countries. And I think this is a forum where a lot of countries will be in the same room. And I hope that it leads to um, you know, better outcomes for these other countries, the smaller players uh, around the region. I just want to share some uh, very interesting piece of information with all of you that it was on Monday, the U.S. Uh, ambassador's residence house is being named after George Bush and Barbara Bush. Of course, as you know, they were in China, Mr. Hormat, back in the 1970s. At the time, there were no yet uh, U.S. Emb- embassy in China, but they were the pioneers in trying to establish some kind of a more normalized relations with China. And that story had been told many times in the, the past few decades. No, Mr. Hormat, uh, interestingly, the Chinese uh, executive vice minister Ma Zhaoxu was also there together with the U.S. ambassador to unveil the name of the U.S. ambassador's residence in China. So all of this could be 
one piece of news here and there. When they are being put together, it seems that there are some kinds of momentum that's going on right here. Of course, I don't want to anticipate more than I should, but uh, Mr. Hormat, given your quite historical, his, your experience in history, how do you read all of these bits and pieces and putting them together? The fact that these dialogues are becoming mm. more frequent, are dealing with some of these very important issues, gives me a, a hopeful signal that the tone of the relationship is improving mm. and the opportunities for cooperation are improving. And I think we, we're getting more positive energy uh, right. on both sides to at least try to work these problems out in a constructive way. And I think if we work together, we understand it's good for both sides and good for the world. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. Really appreciate it. And that's all the time we have for today. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of my team. Bye for now.